Well, hello, everybody. This is David Opposing the Matrix doing a take two of the show I did last night, which didn't turn out. So I hope I can be as um, awake. I hope I can be as on the spot when it comes to information and everything else like I was last night, because last night was truly astounding and um, had mic problems. So unless you could read lips... (laughs) The show was uh, garbage. So, anyway, just saw our little uh, Yorkie, our 16-year-old Yorkie walking by back there. And let's see. It is a rainy day in Oregon. It's uh, Actually, it's Friday at 4 p.m. I'm trying to get this show done a little early so that it's uh, done and I can upload and everything before all the people come home from work and start getting online. Yeah, that's still fun. Okay. Yeah, it's no fun when you're you're uploading at uh, 600 kilobytes a second because everybody else is sharing your uh, your internet. So, but I digress. So, um, if you're looking at the marquee that's scrolling across the bottom, it says the "Image of God" or "Image of Borg." You will soon have to make a choice, and I am not kidding about that. If, I don't know if you remember Star Trek and uh, the Borg. Uh, they first, the Borg first came into play. I think it was uh, um, with Picard in that uh, that Star Trek. I'm not very adverse with uh, with the, with the Star Trek title. I know there was Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Um, I didn't watch the one with Captain Janeway. I just I, I I didn't see how I could watch that and put up with it. So anyway. So they had a character in the Picard series, uh, and after that also, that's been with the series, uh, all the series since Picard, called the Borg. And what the Borg were, they were a, a race of, if you want to call them a race of people, or maybe a race of machines that uh, would uh, basically kidnap people and assimilate them into the Borg hive mentality. Uh, they would affix uh, like uh, like maybe a, a new eyeball, an electronic eyeball on somebody or, you know, a, a, a super arm, kind of like the $6 million man, but on steroids. Um, and if you don't remember that show from the 70s and the 80s, well, sorry, but it was a good show. Um, so that, that's what the Borg was all about was assimilating and, and assimilating into a hive mentality. In other words, um, they didn't have uh, people that were assimilated, didn't have freedom of thought or choice anymore. It was more like being in a beehive uh, or an ant colony or a termite colony uh, where you have your workers, you have your queens and you have your soldiers. And most of the people that were assimilated were turned out to be um, workers uh, to the Borg that is. And, um, but the Borg were soon overcome, and uh, but they were still out there. Okay, so um, you'd have to really watch Star Trek to see what I'm talking about, but there, there's a lot of good parallels um, between what that and what we're going to talk about tonight, or I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, I have a little, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, here we go, text. All right. Got a little... Um, little uh, teleprompter of all things that comes with this program. And I'm just going to read it real quick. You'll kind of get an idea where we're going. Okay. 
And I'm going to have to read pretty quick because this thing is pretty quick. So the World Economic Forum wants to force you to become someone in their image. They want you to be transhuman, part of a machine, part human and part of a machine. The New Age wants to force you to become enlightened in a higher revolutionary ship. The world wants you to change, change you into its image, um, get you hooked on substances and get you greedy for money and sex and all that stuff. Um, the aliens want to uh, turn you into uh, or use your seed, basically, to turn um, your uh, offspring into half alien, half humans or what uh, Dr. David Jacobs calls hubrids. So uh, anyway, everybody wants to change you, but they don't tell you why. <laughs> OK, uh, I mean, they'll allude to things, you know, like uh, the World Economic Forum will tell you, well, you know, we want you to be. Uh, we have to have a one world order, a one world government, and everybody's got to work for the one world government. Again, that hive mentality. Um, and uh, if you look at the alien thing, that's the same difference. It's a hive mentality. Uh, really interesting when you study that subject, actually, um, because if, if you look at the abductee stories, and I've read quite a few of them and um, have counseled people about this, but um, they tend to try to draw people into a hive mentality. In other words, uh, some of the people that they take captive and, and abduct over and over and over and over again, um, they basically control them. Uh, they know their thoughts. They know what they're thinking. If they try to get away, uh, you know, like they move locations so that the aliens can't find them, well, they find them anyway because they're sort of hooked into the hive mentality. Um along with all the <clears throat> the uh, hubrids and everything else. So um, it's it's quite an interesting thing when you, when you look into the alien abduction. And, of course, uh, when I'm saying alien, I'm not talking about space brothers. I'm talking about fallen angels that are in the, the guise of space brothers. Okay. Um, now, it'd probably be a good idea to, to do a little history lesson because um, you'll know and you'll see where this is all coming from. Okay, so what I want to do real quick is uh, go to here. And I'm just going to take you to Genesis 1.1, or Genesis chapter 1, excuse me. Um, so let's see, uh, let's go with 124. And God said, let the earth bring forth every living creature after its kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the face of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and all over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Okay. So God created man in his own image, the image of God created him male and female okay so let's go with this this genesis 126 right here okay and i'm using the blue letter bible i i th i prefer this over everything else because it's got tons and tons of stuff to be able to do word studies and stuff and i'm kind of lazy i don't like looking in books it's much easier and uh, faster to do this online so let's just click on this okay and then you see it gives us the uh Chapter 1, verse 26, and it gives us a Hebrew. Remember, Hebrew is from right to left. Uh, so that's the uh, the phrase right there, <clears throat> or the, the scripture. And if you can go over here, and you can see um, 
the the English and the transliteration into uh, the Hebrew and the translation up here. Okay, so Amar Elohim, Amar Asa, Adam, which is man, Selem, which is in our image, Demut, uh, Rada, Daga, Yam, Ops, Shamayim. Interesting, Samayim is like Shamayim, and both mean, well, Shamayim means heaven, and Samayim means the air. Okay, anyway, let's go back um, to in our image. Okay, the words, actually, it's uh, got a T in front of it that's silent. It's Selem, Selem, Selem. It's hard to say, I know. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to click on this, and this number here, the H means Hebrew, and the word is 6754. Okay. So it's Hebrew, and this is in uh, Strong's Concordance. Okay, so we're going to click on that, and voila, Salem, or Salem, uh, T-S-L-E-M-E-N, okay. Uh, and it says it's from an unused root, meaning to shade. Uh, when, you're, when you're looking at Hebrew word usage, you got to remember that the uh, – and many times it's this way in English, too, and, and in, in the Latin languages – that the noun is defined by the verb, and the verb is defined by the noun. Okay. Um, so what, what does this word mean when you look at it? Well, let's see. It means image. Okay, let us make man in our image. But let's let's kind of cut this uh, steak apart a little bit and see what's made out of where the where all the, the nourishment is in the steak. Okay. Um, it can be, let's start from the bottom up. It can mean mere, empty, image, or semblance. Okay, and if you want to look up semblance, um, I, I'd like to suggest that you use or get online and get to um, Webster's 1828 Dictionary because so many words that we use today have been bastardized. For instance, um, when Yahweh is telling uh, Adam to uh, replenish the earth. Now, you and I think of replenish, and we think of add to again. In other words, you drink a cup of coffee, you replenish that cup with a new cup coffee you know or more coffee in the cup that is um but it does it hasn't always meant that okay replenish just means fill and has for many many centuries until we get to our current age where it's been bastardized and turned into other things so um anyway uh image likeness or resemblance okay and we'll go up to a image of tumors mice and heathen gods, in other words, false gods. Um, but so he made us in his likeness. And now this is is using the word um, image um, in, in a way that we would use the word image um, to, uh, uh, okay, let's look at a, a carpenter, okay? A carpenter wants to make a piece of furniture. He thinks about this piece of furniture in his mind. He thinks about what it'll look like. He thinks about all the cross members that have to go in there, the risers that have to go into the couch, all the hardware that puts it together and keeps it nice and tight, everything else. And he gets a picture of this in his head, even the, the covering of it, you know, whether it's leather or, or uh, fabric or whatever. And this is what he wants to make. So because it's his image, it's something that he thought of. It's not really on paper, okay? But he can put it together because he's a master carpenter and he knows how to do it. So... You know, he gets all the wood together, he cuts all the wood, uh, makes all the dado joints and everything else. And 
and it puts all the wood together and and the springs and um and then the fabric and everything else and voila he's got a living example of what he imagined the image that he had in his head of this couch before he started making it okay and that's what the word let us make man in our image and i i explained that because <clears throat> A lot of people like to say, okay, well, you know, God made a bunch of small gods. That's what we are. We're small gods. Well, no, we're not. <laughs> um, and, and God th be thanked that we're not small gods because we, <laughs> mankind can make enough of a mess in this world. And being a small god would be an even worse mess. But um, so this is what the word means. Okay. So we have to, when we look at these things, we have to see what God's intent was. Now, this is, I told you, this is an excellent site here. So um, it goes in here to explain, again, Selem, uh, from an unused room, meaning a shade, a phantom, like a shadow. Okay, now there's a good example right there. Okay. Uh, we're made in God's image. We're maybe his shadow. Okay. Um, your shadow doesn't have any power whatsoever, right? When you're standing out in the sun and let's say the, uh, the, the sun is at a 60 degree angle. It's casting a shadow behind you or in front of you. It doesn't matter. It's, it's got the perfect example of you in shadow form, right? But it's not you. Okay. So there's another example right there. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, that is figuratively an illusion resemblance hence a representative figure especially an idol uh image vein show shoe okay <clears throat> and then it goes down here and it explains it even further where this word is found in different places in the bible but it's used uh like this is used as a plural construct right here um let's see it's used as an absolute in this psalm uh and, you know, if you hover over like this, where, where was that? Okay, and then it'll show you the actual scripture where it's used, okay, and where they're explaining how it's used. It's all used in a similar context, but sometimes it's a little different. And then this is a picture. Don't try to take this. See, it doesn't work. Um, and you can't, you can copy it. It works pretty good that way. Um, let's see. So uh, this is from Jesenius, uh, uh, the Hebrew Chaldee lexicon. And uh, there's the word, and it means a shadow in Psalm 37 or 39 7. Uh, Metaph uh, used uh, anything in vain, Psalm 73 20. <clears throat> An image or a likeness, so called for its shadowing forth. Uh, and it's comparing other um, Greek words that would be found in a Septuagint, uh, which is the, uh, the Greek version of the Old Testament. Uh, Genesis one twenty seven. It's an image and idol. Second Kings. Okay, so it'll give you an idea. And even the Arabic usage of a similar word. And then if you go down even farther, it shows you the different places where it's used. And uh, there's the number right there, eight sixty seven fifty four. Anyway, uh, I'll just show you that because it's an excellent uh, study. This Blue Letter Bible study uh, tool. And uh, I like to get into the uh, the word meanings, and, and you'll see that in a little while. And uh, yeah, okay, good. I saved it up there, so I'll be able to show that to you. <coughs> Excuse me. I still got remnants of that flu that I had last week. Boy, howdy, that was a bad one. Me and my wife both caught it. And uh, man, it's funny because usually with, with a flu, you know, you, you kind of get a little sick and you get a fever for maybe a day and then it goes away. But 
this thing, you get the fever, it goes away, you're fever free for a day. And then all of a sudden you got the fever again. I mean, it was, it was a lot of service right there. Um, but, uh, so anyway, uh, we're getting over that and what's lingering on is the cough and a little bit of phlegm. So if I, if I cough, uh, that's the reason why, and I don't mean to cough into the mic and I'll try not to, um, and I'll even try to, uh, mute it before I cough. Okay. So anyway, uh, why did I bring this up about us being creating in uh, God's image? Well, I'm going to hold that for later. Okay. Uh, this is the crux. This is the whole thing that why we, they want to change us. Okay. So let's get, uh, rid of that. Okay. And then go back to here. That's interesting. I got rid of that. Okay, hold on, folks. Okay, well, I guess that's okay. Okay, one, two, three. Okay, well, when it comes time to go to Revelation 10, I'll just share the screen again. Okay. Um, so now we're going to go to uh, a place called Enoch, uh, a book called Enoch, First Enoch. I'm not too sure about second and third Enoch. Um, I've heard that they're very metaphysical and um, that they're used in some of the um, religious sciences. Um, and I really don't want to get involved in that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I avoid those two books. But first Enoch is, is definitely kosher uh, in my estimation anyway. So, okay, so let's go to the book of Enoch. Okay, let's put up here. And I'll go there. Okay. Now let's let's give a little bit of a history before we go into this. Um, in Genesis chapter six, it's interesting. They're both in chapter six, chapter six of Enoch, and after cha chapter six of Genesis. Okay, uh, it, we're told that um, uh, there were giants on the earth in those days, and uh, when the when the angel or the sons of God came down and. Um, it says, uh, and they took wives of, uh, of men, daughters of men, and, um, and had uh, relations with them, and they bore giants. That's all it says. And so because of that's all it says, a lot of people speculate, uh, and it's a very common thought nowadays, that these are the righteous line of Seth. Um, but I'm sorry, it's it's not. And every time you see sons of God in the Old Testament, it always means angels. Okay, just remember that. So um, anyway, uh, let's see. I want to see if I uh, should go back a little bit here. Okay, okay, yeah, that's, that's where I want to go. All right. So chapter 6, verse 1 of e First Enoch. And it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied that in those days there were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of heaven, saw and lusted after them and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men and beget us children. And Semyaza, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear ye will not indeed agree to do this deed, and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of the great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear an oath and bind ourselves by mutual imprecations, not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. They swear, they then swear they 
altogether and bound themselves by mutual imprecation upon it. And they were in all 200 who descended on in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon. And they call it Mount Hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecation upon it. And these are the names of their leaders, Semlazaz, their leader. Uh, and I'm going to murder some of these names, so I'm you know, ahead of time. Arakalba, Ramiel, Kokabilal, Tamlel, Ramlel, Danel, Ezekiel, uh, Barakizel, uh, Aserel, Armoros, uh, Bartarel, Anarel, uh, Zakael, Samsapiel, Saturel, Turel, Jomjel, Sarel, and these are the chiefs of ten. So there's there's uh, twenty names here times ten is two hundred. That's what we're told above, right? Two hundred descended. All right, and these these are bad guys, folks. They're <laughs> they're not good angels. They're definitely bad guys. Um, let's read on a little bit because we're going to find out that uh, mankind was given a lot of technology, and all. Of, the others together with them took on themselves wives and each chose for himself one that they began began to go unto them and defile themselves with them in other words the angels are defiling themselves with the women and they taught them charms and enchantments and cutting roots and made them acquainted with plants and they became pregnant and they bare great giants whose height was three thousand l's who consumed all the acquisitions of men and when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. They ate people, folks. A new take on to serve man from the twilight zone, huh? And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and to drink the blood. Then the earth laid acquisition, acquisitions, excuse me, accusation against the lawless ones. Uh, we'll go just a little further here. And Azalel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and made known to them the metals of the earth and the art of working them and bracelets and ornaments and the use of antimony and the beautifying of the eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and all coloring tinctures. And there arose much godlessness and they committed fornication and they were led astray and became corrupt in all their ways. Semyaza taught enchantments and root cuttings. Now we're getting into the metaphysical stuff. Um, enchantments and root cuttings, Amoros, Amoros, so the resolving of enchantments, Barakijal um, taught astrology, Kokabel, the constellations, Ezekiel, the knowledge of the clouds, Arakel, um, the signs of the earth, uh, Shamsiel, the signs of the sun, and Sarel, excuse me, uh, the course of the moon, and as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven. Okay, I think that's um, all I'm going to read of that. But you can see that the, the fallen angels came down and had sex with the human women um, and produced giants, and then they decorrupted mankind by teaching them all kinds of things that they didn't really know. And if you look at all this stuff, you've heard of the word pharmakia in Greek, right? Um, basically it's, it's, uh, black magic. It's, it's magic. And, um, so, and that's where we get the word pharmacy from. And if you've been following the thing with, uh, this, um, 
jab, as they call it. Uh, that's a big part of pharmacy, and it's killing people left and right, unfortunately. And um, we'll have, we're just going to have to wait and see how this plays out, because I think that there's going to be a lot of... Uh, a lot of emptiness when it comes to um, our loved ones and stuff. Um, okay. But um, so they, they taught them all these, uh, these corrupt ways, all these things. Uh, astrology, of course, is, is weird. Um, the constellations, we, we use those, but they can be used in good ways as landmarks, so to speak, bad, bad landmarks, uh, sky marks, maybe uh, stellar marks. Um, and uh, let's see the knowledge of the clouds. I don't know what that really is, unless uh, they were teaching mankind how to make it rain, which you'll see. Um, you think that we didn't have technology back then. Where do we go to Jared? Okay. The signs of the earth, um, signs of the sun and the signs of the moon. Um, that's used a lot. Uh, the moon is used a lot in uh, the... Um, the magic arts and witchcraft. And so is the sun, actually. Uh, the sun is like the ultimate thing to worship in, in the pagan cultures. And uh, and it even uh, comes up to today. Uh, have you ever heard of Sunday and Moon Day, Monday? Um, so anyway, uh, so this is the technology that they got back then. And I know they got a lot more. Uh, and we can go in at another time. And if Jonathan Gray ever answers his emails, uh, maybe I'll have him on um, if he's, you know, still around and stuff. But um, anyway, so we see that before the flood, uh, there was quite a mess. And uh, we got to remember, okay, you got to remember now that um, after a while, uh, and if we, if we continued reading here, I really don't know where it is, but uh, I'll give you a kind of an encapsulated uh, history here. Um, so the accusation goes up to heaven about the fallen angels and, and about the uh, the Nephilim who are devouring people and, and making weird animals. We'll read about that next. But um, <clears throat> so the accusation goes up and finally Yahweh says, OK, we got to do something about this. And. They, of all people, they send Enoch into heaven to petition the angels to, who are supposed to petition God for Yahweh. And um, that, you know, that judgment doesn't come upon their, their sons, their children. The fallen angels are petitioning this. And um, so, but the answer comes back, no, you know, <laughs> you guys have corrupted yourselves and, and defiled yourselves with human females and and, and Yahweh says, well, you know, I gave men, women unto men so that they could produce human beings. And, and you guys have come down and tried to corrupt that order because we all know that Messiah had to come, right? He had to come later on. And if, uh, if everybody had Nephilim blood, uh, he, he couldn't have come and redeemed anybody uh, because he didn't die for Nephilim. He died for human beings. Um, okay. So... Uh, so the proclamation comes from heaven that the um, the giants are, are all going to fight each other with the swords until they all eliminate each other. And that's what happens. So there's no giants after a while, but it's mankind that's now corrupt and um, monkey see, monkey do, so to speak, you know. And um, 
they picked up the bad ways of the Nephilim and, uh, and continue them. So, okay, that's enough of that. So now let's, uh, let's go back to here. This is keeping me from, from going in. Let's see. Let me hide this. Okay, there we go. They've, they've redone this program, folks, so uh, I'm still getting used to it. So please bear in mind, okay? And uh, I'm not... All right. That's interesting. Okay. So now we're going to go to a... Oh, hey, Vault. Tell me I didn't do that. Okay. I can fix this. <laughs> Screen. All right. Chrome tab. Yeah, sure. Okay, here we go. <coughs> Pardon me, folks. Okay. So now we're going to go into the book of Jasher. And the book of Jasher is um has been quoted several times in, in the, the scriptures that we read ourselves, you know, and um <coughs> pardon me again. Um so it's a book that was re revered by the uh, the ancient Hebrews so much so that it was uh, used in uh, some scriptures. I don't know them by hand right now, but they are. Okay. Oh, that's a lot better. That feels better. Okay. So we come to the book of Jasher, and we're going to find out that um, mankind kind of got wicked. Um, like I said, monkey see, monkey do. Okay. And you're going to see some of the ways that they did. All right. Let's see. Where did I start yesterday? Okay. Okay. And Seth lived lived all the days that Seth lived. There were 912 years and he died. And Lamech, uh, or Lamach, uh, who was 180 years old when he took Ashmua, the daughter of Elisha, the son of Enoch, his uncle, and she conceived. And at that time, the sons of men sowed the ground, and very little food was produced. Yet the sons of God, excuse me, the sons of men did not turn from their evil ways, and they trespassed and rebelled against God. It was real easy. You follow me, you'll have all the food that you want. You don't follow me, I'm going to curse the ground. You'll have nothing to eat, very little to eat. And uh, people could be stubborn. Uh, I know you're a people just like I am, and um, and I think you can attest to that. We can all be stubborn time to time, and but it's not good to get stubborn with God. <laughs> okay. And the wife of Lamech um, could see the bear son at that time in the, revol the revolution of the year. And Methuselah called his name Noah, saying the earth was in his days at rest and free from corruption. And Lamech, his father, called his name Menachem, saying, this one shall comfort us in our works in miserable toil on the earth, which God hath cursed. And the child grew up and was weaned, and he went his way to his father, Methuselah, perfect and upright with God. Now all the sons of men had departed from the ways of Yahweh, the Lord, in those days, and they multiplied upon the face of the earth with sons and daughters, and they taught one another either evil practices, and they continued sinning against Yahweh. And every man made unto himself a god, and they robbed and plundered every man, his neighbor, as well as his relative. And they corrupted the earth, and the earth was filled with violence. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Okay. 
And they're now these are people now. These are not the Nephilim that are taking uh, women away from their husbands and daughters away from their fathers. It's it's uh, people who are doing the same thing that the Nephilim did before. It says, and their judges and rulers went to the daughters of men and took their wives by force from their husbands according to their choice. And the sons of men in those days took from the cattle of the earth and the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air and taught mixture of animals of one species with another in order therewith to provoke the Lord or Yahweh. And God saw the whole earth and it was corrupt for all flesh corrupted its ways upon the earth, all men and all animals. And the Lord said, I will blot out man that I've created from the face of the earth. Yea, for yea, from men to birds of the air together with cattle and beasts that are and in the field. And I repent, I have made them. Okay, this is interesting. Listen to this. And all men who walked the ways of the Lord died in those days before the Lord brought the evil upon man, which he had declared for this was from the Lord that they should not see the evil which the Lord spoke of concerning the sons of men. Then it goes into Noah finding grace. But look at this on verse 18. Let's look at it again. All right. And the judges and the rulers went to the daughters of men and took their wives by force from their husbands, according to their choice. And the sons of men in those days took from the cattle of the earth, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air, and they taught the mixture of animals of one species with the other in order, therefore, to provoke the Lord or Yahweh. And God saw the whole earth was and it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth, all men and animals. Uh, you remember the if you ever got into the Greek mythologies, you had the mentor, or the, the minotaur, the centaur, um, and all these other creatures, the Medusa with the snakes on her head. I don't think that those are the imaginations of people. I think that those who were actually fall into this category right here. And Jared. Uh, yeah, and Jared. Or Jasher, excuse me. Um, and I think that maybe it continued a little bit after the flood too, but I can't prove that. So we have men with abusing technology and doing it for, pardon my friends, to piss off Yahweh. Okay. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. <coughs> because they became corrupt. And he can't he can't deal with that. And he knew where it was going to go if he didn't act. So he decided to destroy the earth with a flood. Okay. So we see that technology, when these fallen creatures come down, technology is always brought with them as a um, kind of as a carrot to hang in front of the human uh, jackass, so to speak. Um, so, uh, and, and Yahweh, or Yeshua said in uh, Matthew 24, I believe it was, um, as in the day of Noah, so shall it also be at the coming of the Son of Man. Well, look what happened at the days of Noah. We're, we're looking at gene manipulation here. We're looking at trans uh, trans beasts. Um, you know, it's 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 a crazy, but it was happening before the flood. So the people that lived before the flood weren't some ignoramuses that used stone knives and and uh, wrapped themselves in in bear skins. Um, 
no, by far they were very sophisticated and very, uh, um, very organized. And um, they had a lot of technology. Uh, I know only the Lord knows how much technology they had, but uh, we're finding out more and more as, as time goes on. Um, that's why I always uh, tell people to read Jonathan, um, Jonathan Gray's books. And you can go that do that by going to uh, beforeus.com, I do believe. And I have all of them, and he wants to give them away, actually. So uh, I, I'm going to start sharing them on Delusion Resistance. And, uh, you know, you can people can read them anytime they want to. Um, it'd be an easy thing to do, and I think I'll do it this week or this weekend. Anyway, um, so we see the Book of Jasher now. Uh what happened before the flood. But what's interesting is that in Genesis, it says that, um, that it says that it happened at that time and there and, and afterwards also. Okay. So, um, you know, you got, I never could understand um, why Yahweh would have the Israelites go into Canaan and go into some cities and destroy every man, woman, child, and animal. Okay, children are innocent, aren't they? And animals are basically innocent. Why do that? Well, I think a lot of this stuff was going on. I think that there was a lot of gene manipulation going on in Canaan at that time. And also that the Nephilim were back and the people that lived in those cities probably had uh, were, were um, bispecial, uh, being half human and half um, fallen angel. And as a matter of fact, uh, we're told in, in the New Testament, uh, I can't remember where it is, but uh, it's, we're told that uh, a, a woman is supposed to have a covering of a man, whether it be her husband or father, or whatever. And it says, on account of the angels. So it seems that a woman that doesn't have a, a covering over her, it could be a prime target for, for angels, for alien abduction and that whole thing, you know, but... Uh, but also uh, the Nephilim are, are with us again, and uh, they have been throughout all history, but they're coming more predominant. And um, frankly, I think that those are the powers that are kind of running everything. Uh, you can blame the Rothschilds, you can blame the uh, Bilderbergers and everything else, but uh, and the Illuminati. But I think you know when push comes to shove and you look, and if you can go back far enough, um, into the hierarchy of everybody that's running everything in this world, you're going to find that there's Nephilim there. Um, so anyway, uh, so we have this, okay. And again, it's a corruption of the human genome. Okay. Take men or, t uh, well, this one here isn't actually because it's men that are taken, but who knows? They might've been had Nephilim genes. You know, and, and uh, they were going to take the women and force, you know, to become <laughs> society, become even more Nephilim centered. OK. And um, OK. So. Where are we going from here? Let's see. Let's get. Uh, like I said, they've changed things here and I want to make sure that. Uh, OK. I'm sorry, I didn't show that screen. Okay, so we're, we're on the subject of um, 
Let's see here. Okay, we're on the subject of uh, the corruption. Everybody wants to change you. And it seems like it's been like that through all of history, doesn't it? Before the flood, right after the flood, the whole Old Testament period, the intertestamental period, the uh, the New Testament period, and um, all the way up to today. Now, there's a guy named uh, Michael Mott. And Michael Mott, um, he wrote a book called Caverns, Cauldrons, and Con- Concealed Creatures. I highly recommend that book. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, I know Michael. He's been on the show a couple of times. So we don't agree on everything. But his book is probably the most categorical and um, evidence-providing book that uh, people have been inducted all through the ages. And... Uh, he, he talks about in his book, he talks about uh, uh, the Middle Ages when we had uh, ogres and fairies and nymphs and everything and how uh, the, where changelings came into effect there, uh, how little babies would be stolen and replaced with another little baby that wasn't quite right. Um, and uh, women were often uh, lured into caves and stuff like that. Uh, and we went missing for a while, and then it came out just... <laughs> It was just an early version of alien abduction, basically. Um, Okay. So anyway, uh, we're looking at uh, this to see how uh, mankind has been corrupted and will continue to be corrupted. Now, nowadays, uh, or since the time of Yeshua, a lot of it has to do with just being part of the world, you know? Scripture says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away and all things are new. Okay, so when you come to Yeshua, you basically get a DNA change. Um, It's God's genes manipulating you, okay? Or God manipulating your genes, which is okay because we're his workmanship, okay? He can do anything he wants to with us because he created us. So um, that having been said... Uh, we look at the new age. The new age wants to, wants, says that we have to change our vibratory level, that we're not vibrating at the right resonance. And that until we do, we're not going to receive all the blessings that the universe has for us. Um, so they want everybody to become like them, which is changing us. And, uh, you know, if you're going to change your vibratory level, it's quite possible you're going to change your DNA. Okay, I mean, the shots have done that for a lot of people. Their DNA has changed. Uh, The new age wants to change your DNA. And boy, I tell you, with the shots, what better way to trick people into um, to giving up their identity, their sovereignty? You know, it's crazy, but it's it's worked. And um, it's also taken people's lives um, like there's no tomorrow, which is sad. It really is. so we're going to go now to the book of revelation i've got a little dog that's whining here so please don't pay attention to that um in the book of revelation and um okay let me i think I've, i've skipped a step here um so we've let me uh, hit this again. 
I just want to go make sure I got everything. Okay, we're talking about transhumanism, uh, the new age, world economic. Oh, yeah, the World Economic Forum wants to turn us all into Borgs. Um, there's a guy named uh, Yuval Noah Harari. He's an Israeli who uh, works with Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab is like the um, the the king of the World Economic Forum. <laughs> And uh, he's trying to start the Fourth Reich and the Fourth um, Industrial Revolution, the, the second one he's, he's been very vocal about. Um, and it's basically to merge mankind with, uh, with machines, with computers. And Yuval uh, Harari is a very dangerous man, very, very dangerous in my estimation. <clears throat> and he's uh, come out with statements like uh, humans are hackable. Uh, that uh, the day is coming very soon when we're going to be transferring our consciousness into machines, uh, which would basically make us live forever. Uh, those who do that anyway, not us. Um, and he just wants it. He wants us to get into the hive mentality thing again, to where you're all subservient to um, it's, it's weird. Cause he's trying to make it seem like you're going to have a lot more power and everything else, but at the same time, you're going to be fettered by the the hive mentality of the the new world order of the World Economic Forum. You know, nothing that you think will be private anymore. Nothing that you say will be private. You won't be able to whisper and effectively because they're going to know everything you're saying. They're probably going to know things that you're going to say before you even say it. How's that for a technology, huh? Um. And artificial intelligence is just going out the window, man. It's, I mean, out the, and into, that, into outer space. I mean, you know, not out the window, but it's it's exploding. And it's in its, at least its third generation now, uh, to where it's um, it can think for itself and recreate things for itself and even um, recreate itself if it needs to. So um, that's going to be running things and... <clears throat> It's not going to be a good thing, folks. It really isn't. It's uh, and and then it's weird because you read scriptures like in Joel where it talks about Joel's army. You know, they they leap over walls and uh, people throw spears at them, but it will not kill them. Um, could that be the uh, uh, machination or turning people into machines, uh, into robots, into cyborgs, into uh, just Borgs? Um, who knows? But the future is taking a very unnatural turn. Uh, you know, I've been a, a born-again believer since 1979. I always thought, oh, well, you know, the when the beast sets himself up in the in the temple of God and proclaims himself to be God, that's just going to be the Antichrist. Well, it may be him, but is it going to be a, a cyborg Antichrist? Um, another question is, uh, and I and I think that's very plausible, is that the Antichrist is going to be a transhuman. He's going to come in a spaceship, um, probably a UFO or flying saucer, and he's going to come back and come and say that he's returning, that he had been on Earth but left, and now he's returning to solve all of mankind's problems. And he, so he's he's called the man of perdition. The Bible refers to him as that, the man of perdition. And perdition is uh, basically... Um, a fallen state that you cannot recover from. Okay. It is so evil 
the person is so evil that they're it's, it's impossible for them to get saved. Okay. It talks about that way with Judas, Judas Iscariot that, that uh, betrayed Yeshua, that he was the man of perdition. Okay. Um, why Yeshua allowed him to walk with him and everything else. I have no idea. And someday when we get to heaven, maybe we'll find those things out. Right. Um, but um, anyway, so it's, Talk about technology, okay? Uh, you know, we were talking about being turned into Borgs and stuff like that, but what if mankind has the ability to um, travel time? What if mankind has such the ability to travel through time that he can actually try to mess up Yahweh's plans? Okay, now Jim Wilhelmson... Um, had a very interesting theory, and, and I still ponder it every once in a while. Um, his theory was that uh, because of the Nazis inventing the Nazi bell and inventing time travel, and that the United States government probably got that, and uh, because of the, the thing that happened in Kecksburg back in the 1960s and what happened with the Phoenix Lights back in, uh, like, was it 2009 or something like that? Um down to Stevensville, Texas, um, it's uh, it's quite possible that uh, we've got that technology now uh, that was given to the Nazis because they were into the occult arts. They were worshiping the devil. <laughs> so the devil gave them um, gifts. So um, anyway, uh, what if uh, we possessed the, the, the ability to travel? Now, his... his um, Jim's uh, theory was that they could only go so far and that they made it to where the Antichrist is sitting in the temple proclaiming himself to be God. But they couldn't go any further than that. I'm going to submit that it's possible that they might try to go further than that. Okay. And just think of it. You know, Yahweh's got all these plans that have been in, in his mind in progress since the foundation of the world. Okay, before the foundation of the world, actually. <clears throat> he actually knew the history of the world before he even created it, which is really awesome when you think about it. Um, <clears throat> so he's got all this these plans, and they're going along quite smooth. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm not going to say unbeknownst to Yahweh, because he knows everything. Um, this jokester called the Antichrist has this, this time machine, and he figures he's going to go right to the end. He's going to go right to the end and he's going to talk to the Antichrist that lives at the end and give him all these different hints about what's going on. And, and it's actually to formulate a plan to fight God with himself and the armies that he controls. And he's going to try to do something to tweak time. Okay. So (laughs) Yahweh is incredible. So what he does in my thoughts and estimations is that he says, okay, I'm going to do you one better. If Yeah, you might be maneuvering through time, but what if I just get rid of time altogether? You know, uh, we don't, you know, imagine being in between uh, two time periods, uh, traveling along in your Nazi bell or whatever machine they use, and all of a sudden time just disappears. Well, where are you going to be? <laughs> you know, um, you're going to be, you were between two times, but now time doesn't exist anymore. So I don't know. Is it go to hell, go directly to hell, do not pass go, do not collect $200, you know, like the Monopoly game. Um, And so anyway, I was um, 
looking one day many years ago now, and I, I came across this scripture in the, the book of Revelation. Okay. And this is uh, during the time of that's called Jacob's trouble, the second last three and a half years of uh, man's dominion on earth before Yeshua comes back. But remember, it's probably not going to be three and a half years because Yeshua is coming back early. So um, there's this peculiar, peculiar little scripture. And um, it's in chapter uh, chapter 10 of Revelation, verse 6. Again, we have a 6. This is interesting. Um, chapter 6 in, in uh, Genesis, chapter 6 in um, First Enoch, and now Revelation 10, 6. Probably nothing, but it's interesting anyway. Okay, so let's back up a little here. I'm just going to start from verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. And his face was as it was, where's the sun, and his feet were as pillars of fire. Excuse me. And he had in his hand a little book, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice as, as when a lion roareth, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Remember, Daniel had to do the same thing, which I think is quite interesting. Um, and the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted his hand toward heaven. And he swore by him that lived forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are there, there are in and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things that therein that are therein, and there should be time no longer. Interesting, huh? Be time no longer. Okay. So I saw this scripture one day and I'm like, holy mackerel, what's going on here? You know, so I decided to look it up and this is why I like blue letter Bible. So I hit this right here. Okay, and we see, let's see, what does it say? Kai Amnio Enho Zeo Ice Aeon Aeon Aeon, that means forever and ever. Okay, so let's see, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created the heavens and the earth, and I'm not going to go through all that, and the sea and the things which are therein. Okay. That there should be time no longer. Okay, and the phrase is hoti um, esome chronos all right. I'm sorry. I got a whiny dog and it's really bothering me. Okay. Um, so we see the word time is chronos. And we know just from our, our own language that chronos is the root word for chronograph, uh, chronology, all things that have to do with time. Okay. 
and no is the word no, but the word longer. And I hope this blesses you because it really blessed me. And every time I think about it, it just blows my mind. Okay, let's look at the word longer. Time no longer, okay? Eti is the word. Uh, Let's see. And it, let's go online biblical usage. Uh, Number one is yet or still. Uh, A under number one is of time. And then I, the little letter I under A, which is basically the first and the most important um, definition of this word. Okay. And it says of a thing which went on formally, whereas now has a different state of things exist or has begun to exist. We read that again of a thing which went on formally, whereas now a different state of things exists or has begun to exist. Very interesting. The thing which went on formally was time. It doesn't exist anymore, but something else starts to exist. Okay. Very interesting. So we know that Yeshua said that um, when he was talking about things here that Um, He's going to have to come back early. He says, because if I don't come back early, no flesh shall survive. That's humans, animals, anything that's made out of flesh, which begs the the question, uh, are there other things like cyborgs that technically aren't flesh anymore because they're a mixture? They're not human beings anymore. So are they still going to be around? Or is uh, artificial intelligence still going to be around? Yes, I think it will be. But artificial intelligence, everything that exists, folks, is is run um, uh, on a timestamp that is run by um, atoms. Okay? Uh, it's it's a, a very well-known phys- uh, physics um, example. Um, so... If there's no time, are atoms still moving? Interesting question, huh? Only God could pull that off to make things still exist without atoms moving, <laughs> you know, uh, without the, the electrons orbiting around the the, um, the cores, okay? So if there's no, and, and, and um, by trying to say, AI is basically a, is a computer thing. A computer things run on power, and, and power is electrons. Uh, so will AI just go flat dead when, when uh, time doesn't exist anymore? Yes, I think that's true. I think it will. So imagine that, you know, you're. Uh, it's hard for you to, us to imagine being evil in that time, but just kind of, you know, Think about it. You know, you're one of the more evil people that lives on the earth at that time. And um, all of a sudden, everything changes. Time stops. Perhaps there's a melding of the spiritual realm and the earthly realm at that time. Because let's face it, there was before the fall of mankind, right? But now, but the fall of mankind, there weren't any demons, okay? Um, But there are now. So you whoever is alive at that time is going to see all these things that are operating in the spiritual realm. And a lot of them aren't pretty. A lot of them are hideous looking and uh, scary. (laughs) So 
what people are going to see if there's, you know, real just regular people left or cyborgs, um, they're going to see these things and it's going to, it's going to be an eye opener, so to speak. Uh, plus time is eliminated and uh, it's, it's going to be a real interesting time to, and I can't say time, a real interest. I can't say period either. <laughs> it's going to be a really interesting existence. How's that? Um, that happens at that time. So um, all the technologies that uh, mankind has gotten so far in this current age and all the technologies that he'll get in future days, all the way up to the return of Yeshua, um, are going to be null and void. Uh, it's going to be worthless, okay? Because it's, it's not going to have a, a use anymore. And um, especially where Yahweh is concerned in, in this world and the universe and everything, uh, things are going to be changed so much that nothing is going to matter anymore, um, except for Yeshua. He's going to be the only one that matters. Um, so anyway, it's it's a lot of things to ponder about, a lot of things to think about. Um, just the subject of there no being no time any longer, you know, that's that's amazing. Um, but uh, so we see that this whole scheme of things has been a battle. We're living in a battle, and mankind has lived in a battle since. Uh, since the fall of mankind in the garden and all the way up to the time that uh, actually the time that uh, heaven and earth are recreated, because when Yeshua is on earth, there's, he's going to rule with a rod of iron, which means there's still going to be people that are heady, uh, headstrong, prideful and everything else. So uh, there still will be sin in the world, but it'll be dealt with uh, probably almost instantaneously uh, when Yeshua is here uh, during that thousand year period. But um, so, why does everybody want to change humankind? Why does everybody make want to make us different than human? Uh, Yuval Harari wants to turn us into part human, part machine. Uh, the New Age wants us to be uh, uh, spiritually enlightened, so to speak. Um, the uh, so-called aliens want us to be part human, part uh, alien. Why do they want everybody? Why does everybody want to change everything that Yahweh has created? Well, it's simple because Yahweh created it, right? Yahweh created mankind. What do you think they're doing to change the earth? They don't like the earth because Yahweh created it. Male and female. That's right. Male and female. Thank you, sweetheart. And um, even that they're trying to change trying to say there's different sexes and different genders and everything else everything the rainbow has been corrupted the rainbow used to be a sign of god's promise and it still is as far as i'm concerned but now it's it symbolizes homosexuality uh the word gay used to mean happy carefree now it means homosexual you know everything is being changed and perverted to discredit and uh to tick off yahweh Okay, so what is what does mankind want? Especially, why does why does um everybody want to change humankind? It's it's like they're trying to change us or kill us. One of the two, you know. Um, we got this shot going around now that crazy Biden is still trying to get people to take, um, and it's proven to be a, a kill shot, you know. And if people it doesn't kill, what does it do to them? You know, does it turn them into something that's not human? 
Um, and, and if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, you're, you fall into a totally different category. Okay. Because you're a new creature. You became a new creature when you came to faith in Yeshua and nothing can change that. No shot that they could pump into your body could change that. The only thing that could change that. And I doubt that, that a real Christian would do this anyway, was if you gave up the, the, um, the faith and, uh, and follow the antichrist. Um, but if you truly follow God and have lived under his, um, his loving guidance and care, you don't want to leave that. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so let's get back to the question again. Why on earth would anybody want to change humans into something else? And the question is, is fairly simple when you think about it. Um, I know that a lot of us don't think about these things because we don't. We have busy lives and everything else, and we don't have time to sit around and ponder too much these days. And even if we do, we're, we get lost in video games or you, you name the, the thing. <laughs> uh, but um, And the whole thing is, um, and, and why Satan is spreading a lie that you could live an eternal life if you become a Borg. Um, or, you know, take the shot. It'll it'll make you better. Um, the whole thing is that Satan hates humans. Okay? And we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 again. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Okay? Me, you, everybody listening to this. We're all made in God's likeness. He thought about making mankind, and he made us the way he did because it pleased him. Remember, it says in Revela it says in Genesis that when he finished, he said, everything is good. And if you look at the verbiage in that, he's actually, it's almost hinted that he is surprised at how good he made it. You know, he he, he overachieved. Um, he, um, uh, he did better that he thought he, that he wanted it to. It almost sounds like that. Um, because it says, and everything was very good. And, and that connotation is, um, like he, uh, far exceeded what he planned to do. Um, if that's possible, I don't know. I don't think it is, but, um, so we're created in his image and the devil hates God. Doesn't he? Satan hates God. He tries to do everything he can to corrupt God's creation, corrupt mankind, take as many people to hell with him as he can, to, to steal souls and to uh, fool people into believing lies. He's the father of lies. Yeshua said that. He was a liar in the beginning. And um, so that being the case, um, he hates humankind. And he hates everybody, folks. He doesn't have a certain subset that he likes. Um, he doesn't like Satanists any more than he likes uh, Christians because Satanists, their bodily image is made in God's image. He can't get away from that. Okay. So although that, you know, they might get a little pass here and there and the things that they do on this earth, uh, in the long run, they're going to suffer just like any other person that doesn't go to be with Yeshua. Um there's no get out of jail free card with Satan. You know, the, the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy, Yeshua said. 
And that's the three things that he does the best. And basically that's all he does. Um, he's creative and finds different ways to do those things, but, uh, that's his, uh, that's his name. <laughs> See the dog with the diaper on behind me. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Um, so anyway, uh, he hates everybody, which is why throughout history of mankind, he has tried to destroy mankind. And he's particularly taken aim at Israel because Israel's not only made in the image of God like the rest of us, but Israel was called out. and still is called out, basically, and for a special purpose. And so <laughs> they have been like chief bullseye for Satan all these centuries, all these millennia. But he hates us just as much as he hates them. And he'll do anything he can to destroy us. I have no no doubt that uh, there's some kind of fallen angelic um, presence in that um, that uh, that vaccine that what they call the vaccine that it was created in um, the uh, the hallways of hell, so to speak, or the idea came from the hallways of hell because um, I don't think mankind is smart enough to make stuff like that on his own. Has to have help. So, and unfortunately, a lot of people were duped and fell for it. And, um, well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens uh, where they're concerned. But, um, but again, if you're a believer, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Um, so there you have it. The aliens want to change us because they're in league with Satan and if you read about the things that they do to people, you'd see, you'd know for sure that they're they're in league with Satan. Um, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, and Yuval Harari. I can't think of two people that would fit the uh, the persona of the false prophet and the beast together. And uh, by golly, the Germans are going to do it again. They're going to start World War Three and again screw this whole world up. Anyway. Um, and you can argue that Hitler was an Austrian, but I don't know. Well, we won't go there any farther. Um, so that's the reason folks, that's the reason why so many things are happening in this world today. That's why life seems to be so cheap because when you don't honor life, which Satan doesn't honor human life one bit. Uh, sorry, uh, Satan doesn't honor human life one bit, and Satan doesn't care. He, if one person dies, if uh, ten million people die, if eight billion people die. By the way, um, I think tomorrow um, Earth will have over eight billion people on it. That's what I just read not, before I got on the air here. So, and they said uh, by twenty fifty, I think they said ten billion. So, um, anyway, now you know why the devil hates us, why he's tried to destroy us time again, and will continue to do so, and um, why you need Yeshua, <laughs> because there's no middle-of-the-fence stuff anymore, folks. You're either for Yahweh or you're against them. That's all there is. Um, and if you're against them, you've got your uh, a boatload of problems that you have to worry about, and... Um, it's not wise to be against him. Um, and he gives you every opportunity to turn around and come toward him 
approach him humbly and to seek his face and to get saved and to uh, live a life worthy of living. So that's your choice. And uh, there's, if you want to find out more about that, write to me or Brian, you can go to uh, delusionresistance.org and there's an email uh, contact thing there and uh, just click on that and uh, write an email and send it in and uh, I'll share it with Brian and we can, uh, we can get back to you and, and talk to you and, um, and to help you understand. And maybe um, you'll come to faith in Yeshua and you won't have to worry anymore. Well, folks, I'm going to get going here. Um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, now you know why everybody wants us to change. Uh, they're all in league with the devil. And uh, he doesn't like us. So, But even if we do change, he still hates us. So um, anyway, uh, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out, your coming in, your rising up, and your lying down. May he be there with you 24-7. May he give you guidance. And if you don't know him, may he lead you to the Father, through the Son, Yeshua HaMashiach. In his holy name, amen and amen. Good night, folks. And it looks like everything's recorded good, so I'm going to go ahead and get out of here and and um, me and Ralph are going to be on tomorrow. So I'll get that uploaded as soon as I can after we get done, okay? So be blessed. Um, have a great Friday night. Shabbat Shalom to those of you who are part of the Messianic community with us. And um, be blessed. In Yeshua's holy name. Amen. <laughs>